Hello and welcome to Bears Beyond the Gate, a new Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're full season ticket holders at Ashton Gate. We love the club, the game and all things Bears. So for a light-hearted take on Bristol's progress on and off the pitch this season, stay tuned. In this show, we discuss the home victory against London Irish and we've got post-match reaction from fans at the gate. We'll also talk about the forthcoming away game against Exeter Chiefs. We'll continue to look at Bristol connections at the Rugby World Cup in Japan and finish with our regular What Gets My Goat feature. I'm Tony and this week I'm joined by Lee and Pete for some more rugby banter and a cheeky beer. Well guys, uh, good to be back together doing the podcast again. Pete, uh, how's your week been? It's been great, Tony. I loved it. Obviously I love my job driving education forward, but what's really been got me going this week was the anticipation of the game. My debut at the gate, first one of the season, obviously missed the one before. I was really looking forward to all week to getting down there and uh, and watching the game and, and, and actually thinking about it for a bit. <laughs> so uh, yeah, and it didn't disappoint. So Lee, how's your week been? It's been great, Tony. I've been socialising as usual. Uh, we've uh, we were egg egg fighting uh, till two o'clock on Sunday morning. Um, and is that is that something that's uh, a regular occurrence at uh, at your house? Just while the rugby season's on. Okay, right. You really are an egg chaser, then. Oh yes, yeah. More more ways than one. And do I see you resplendent in a uh, a gleaming away shirt? Uh, have you made a little purchase? We did, yeah. Well, I went down uh, Sunday yesterday morning. I went down to the shop, and I've, I got the away shirt. It was it was the, definitely the shirt that I wanted. Um, and yeah, I thought I'd wear it tonight just for, for this special occasion. Well, it's so nice to see you that, and looks like you maybe haven't squeezed into a medium this year. <laughs> Right, let's talk about the game then. London Irish in the Premiership Cup. Um, I thought, again, it was a bit of a scrappy start for us. Um, Coughing up a lot of possession in that first 15 minutes. There were turnovers, there were penalties, there were knocks on. I know Pat, in his um, post-match interview, was uh, not very pleased at all. Having said that, after that initial start, that initial 15 minutes or so, I thought things really started to come together. Um, Pete, what was your impression of the game? Well, obviously, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. It was it was pretty disappointing. You know, literally within about a minute, there was a penalty. Um, and then, you know, then we, you know, there was a knock on. And then, you know, it, we never got any flow going. And he did kind of wonder, you know, what's going on here. But... Um, yeah, we got better. We start as we grew into the game. I mean, one or two players started to stand up and, and really show show their um, show their worth. Um, and you know, obviously, you know, Prothero had a fantastic game, uh, man of the match performance. And what I what I really like about him is that you know, if there's a chance to run, you know, if there's a bit of space, he'll go for it. He doesn't take risks, but if there's a chance to run, he goes. And he's got such quick feet. He's I mean, he's lightning fast and. I don't know. I, I, something about his hair as well. He's like blonde hair, slightly unfashionably long. No, sh- you know, it just makes it gives that extra little thing. And I think does that know, do it for you then? Uh, just like the blonde hair. I mean, you know, <laughs> rugby players, you know, are of a type, aren't they? They, you know, they do have a kind of a lot of them short back and sides. You know, I like to see these kind of uh, slightly unfashionable haircuts. It takes me back to. Phew, David Duckham, you know, in the early days of England, you know, oh, going down the ring, sort of billowing, shirts billowing and that hair. So, yeah, Prothero, I mean, clearly man of the match. 
Um, Can I just say, Matt, if you're listening and you want to uh, take uh, umbrage with the, the description of an unfashionable haircut, please feel free to get in, in well, contact with the podcast. Yeah, Terry, I'm, I'm just kind of saying in the context of like youngsters today, you know, like him, you know, it's uh, you don't really see. Well, you know, well, I would say, actually, when you look at our team, we've, we've got facts. It's got a decent haircut. We've got Dan Thomas, who's got decent. We've got a few boys in there with with some flowing locks, haven't we? It's not all short back and sides no. and grade ones, is it? No. And also, of course, we've got our Mr. Hipster himself, uh, Big Jake, in the front row with his uh, his long ginger beard as well. So yeah, I mean, having said that, Prothero is in the backs. You've just talked about forwards there, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm willing to give the forwards a bit of leeway. In <laughs> your chicken. <laughs> And Lee, how about you? What did you think of the game? What uh, what were the things that stood out for you? The first 15, 20 minutes, the summary was spot on, I think. But we've got to remember, it's still pre-season. You know, we've got this. We've had this game, we've got another game against Chiefs next. And I just hope we start to iron these problems out. And that's definitely what Pat's aiming for as well, isn't it? Absolutely. As we've said before on the podcast, it's all about getting ready for that big game against Bath. Now, one person that we all talked about on the day uh, and were very impressed with his performance was Tiff Eden. Yeah. So uh, before, before we discuss his performance, let's go and hear what some of the fans had to say about Tiff after the game. Hi, I'm Janet, um, and obviously I've watched Tiff Eden play in the A-team for quite a while. It's a shame when he got concussed. I'm really pleased to see him back out on the pitch and showing just what he can do. So I thought he was absolutely excellent today, and uh, just everything I expected him to be able to do when he got the chance. Hi, I'm Deb Pratt. I thought Tiff Eden played really well today. I thought Mason Hughes played well. I know last week he had a bit of an iffy game. Good win. Thinks they were a still, maybe. But, yeah, yeah. All, all, all told, really good. You've just come back from Japan, so that must have been an amazing experience. It was great. Um, people from all over the world, all into rugby, big time. Um, when we said we were from Bristol, they were all over us, literally all over us. We have people from Canada, USA, Japan. The fun zones were amazed, and the Japanese, the culture, the food, you know was just absolutely insane you know it was just an amazing experience you know it was absolutely brilliant really really brilliant and we, we've loved seeing your posts on social media flying the flag for the bears in japan thank you ever so much hello my name's greg uh, i thought tiffy's performance day was excellent i thought this kicking was spot on and i think it's uh, been nice to see him actually play a few more games this season we didn't see enough of him last year Hello, I'm Marion Hawkins, and we thought Tiff Eden had a great game today. I just thought his, his kicking was great, and he was just all over the pitch. Really good game. Well, there, you've heard it uh, from some of the fans that we spoke to immediately after the game. Lee, Tiff Eden, was it a surprise for you how, how well he played? I, do you know what? I wouldn't say it was a surprise so much, because I think this guy's undoubtedly got a huge amount of talent. Um but the performance, I mean, I love the whole routine, setting the ball up and, you know, on the seam and that was spot on and 100% kicks. I also love the fact that Mads had, um, had tweeted today as well, his full support. 
you know, it's that's what I love about the team we've got at the moment. It's it's a it's a really good group, a tight knit bunch of group. I think players. I mean, I'd say despite the encouragement from Mads, I mean, if I was Mads, I'd be a bit worried at the moment because yeah, right, you know yeah. I think this has put you know the cat amongst the proverbial number ten chickens here because mm. you know you've suddenly got a guy who's come on who kicked a goal from he kicked one a penalty from a, a, a meter inside the halfway line and it went at least a meter over. So this this is a long kicker. I mean, he looked like he wasn't going to miss. No, I mean, the, it, it was an interesting action, the way he lines up the ball with yeah. the post. It's all very careful, all very methodical. And I thought it very efficient kicking because yeah. it, it was never, he never felt like he was really at, at his limit of range. No. Whether it was short or long, it was just the same and he just gave it as n- enough power to, to get it. And from where we were sitting, I know we didn't have the best angle all the time, but they seem to be going straight through the middle oh, every yeah. time. He's got a kind of, I mean, a, fr- a kind of front-on style. And actually, when you think about it, it's kind of logical, isn't it? Because, you know, if you're coming in from the side... You, you, know, you have to straighten up more, anyway, yeah, don't you? You straighten up. And, and actually, I've got to say, I don't like... I hate to say this, I hate to mention it, although your mate Big Andy will be happy. It reminds me a bit of um, Billy Twelvetrees and his kicking style, mm. which is pretty good, apart from that time he missed against us last season. But it's that kind of, as you say, Tony, like a really efficient, sensible... Line it up, look at the goal, and hit it. I know, yeah. And twelve trees is another haircut that we wow. could talk about. Yes. Perhaps that's a special edition uh, that, that that we could look at uh, doing. Only when he moves to Bristol. Then. Great haircuts at, uh, at Ashton Gate. Now, uh, one of the people we heard from there, uh, one of the fans, uh, also talked about Nathan Hughes having a good game. And uh, uh, you know, I was at the game the week before, and I think. Most people there were a little bit disappointed, but Nathan certainly seemed to up his game. I'll tell you the one thing, though, I'm still not quite sure about is this one-handed waving the ball around. It reminds me a little bit... Remember Muhammad Ali in his prime mm. when he used to be dancing around the ring? I don't know, just, Tony, I'm not that old. <laughs> he'd just drop his guard and kind of give you give the opponent that, come on, you know. And I just see that with Nathan. Is that all you got, George? That, absolutely. So, you know, sometimes maybe yes, but there was a lot of one-handed ball waving for me. But got to say, I thought, you know, he had a bigger impact on the game this week. Doesn't he take some stopping when he's at full charge? Oh, so, I mean, you know, I think he's going to be uh, a fantastic addition. I mean, look at this, Tony. You're absolutely right. I mean, he made... And, uh, I mean, this to be fair, this is the website saying it, but he made a whopping 21 carries. 21 carries and making 71 metres and, uh, and nine tackles. And as you say, even some of them, he had two hands on the ball as well. But I think it's it was... A, to watch yeah, as well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I like the one-handed... Things. I like I like the one-handed play because I I agree. Obviously, when we get to the business end now, he's got he's got to to use that sparingly. But for these games, I I, I like it. It's exciting to watch. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we you know we, he's a. I, I did have. A, I think I mentioned in the game, Tony. A bit like you, I had a slight concern that he's kind of trying to live up to a reputation, maybe carving an image. And the kind of one-handed, basketball-y kind of thing is part of that to make him stand out a bit. And as we did also notice, he has got yellow laces, which... Were they, were they yellow or were they orange? I don't know. Whatever they were, they were, it was two-tone. And, you know, I'm still a bit of a, a traditionalist about forwards. Black boots. Get your two hands on the ball. Do your job. 
So when that, that London Irish winger came on, number 23, the guy that I think yeah. we were all impressed with, now they were neon they were. yellow boots. That, that, yeah. that, that must have almost... I mean, one, when edge. he first came on, I mean, he, he blinded Thacker, didn't he? Because Thacker went in for a tackle and, <laughs> yeah. and missed him. Yeah, and then spent the rest half chasing him around. Because <laughs> he was staring at the boots. I mean, yeah. the boots, I mean we, we, did like, I mean, we did take the mickey a little bit, but I've got to say, I thought he was one of their best players. And, uh, you, know, I, you know, if he's ever looking for a... A new club, if it all goes wrong at Irish, I think, uh, you know, the scouting department, yeah. just keep an eye on him because he looked good. I thought he was a... Well, that's one of the things. If you come on as a professional rugby player with brightly coloured boots, you've got to do the business, haven't you? Otherwise, you do look a bit bit silly. You, but what, you need to back it up. What I want to know is, were they brand new or, or had they been highly polished? But if they've been highly polished, where do you get neon yellow boot polish from? I've never seen it at Sainsbury's or Asda or Aldi. No, I, I, I've no idea. I mean, unless he's like, you know, like David Beckham had a brand new pair of boots every, every time game. he played for every yeah. game. Maybe this maybe this, we, this guy, was I don't know what he was called, Ben or something. Ben Lager. Maybe ben he is such a star that that's it. He gets pre- presented with a brand new pair of yellow boots. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe the next game they're going to be uh, maybe orange or pink. I don't know. I mean, one, I mean, one thing I would say is if he plays like that every week, he can wear whatever colour yeah. boots he wants. Yeah. No. Anyway, should we should we focus on Bristol, Tom? <laughs> well, let's let's focus on Bristol um, again. Looking at the pack, I thought the front three a uh, good game again. And dare I say, is that is that our starting front row now? Is it uh, Jake Warnwell, who um, I think I speak for all of us, we're delighted to yes. see that he's signed for another two years Jake great to have you with the club um, we said before on the podcast a lovely fella a great player uh, and delighted to uh, to have you at the club but um, you know I, I, I think he, he's probably got the starting berth now above Jan Thomas mm-hmm. um, second row um, you well, know Ed Holmes yeah well we've got so many options second row haven't we yeah. I mean I, I'm always impressed Ed Holmes is, is never let the club down. Um, signing, wasn't he? Yeah, Maldoni, Maldoni. Um, again, brilliant. Which one is it? Lee? I think it's Downey. I okay. think it's Mal Maldoni. <laughs> well, you know like what a, you mean, the big lad. Yeah, the big fella, the big lad. Although I must admit, he did let me down a bit because he, he literally. This is a. I know we're not on a get me goat, Tony, but this is a minor one that I brought in. It's just reminding me that I still don't understand. Like literally a minute into the game after that penalty. They're all running back to the centre for the kickoff. Muldowney comes. Muldowney comes back via the touchline to get a drink of water. I think mean, he's had a minute on there. A drink. I mean, you know, he hasn't done anything. So, you know, whilst I don't want to have a go at the big lad, I what, did wonder what the, what's what, this water drinking after a minute. What about the rest, though? About the options. Obviously, we've yeah. still got Atwood waiting we'll in the wings. Seen them, yeah, have we? yeah. And uh, well, well, I mean, in fact, Joe Joyce. I mean, playing at six. I was wondering what what you know. I was wondering what what was the thinking behind that, and, and you know, I thought, is he is he really is he mobile enough as a back rower? But he did. I mean, what is obvious, he obviously gives us another option in the line out, and I thought he was outstanding. He, he kept yeah. going. I mean, there was one point I was watching him, and I thought he looked a, a little bit laboured, but he had the pace of Gaston for a minute, yeah, running but he, back. But I, I think you know, he's a bit like. Uh, you know, when you say what he was doing was reading the game, <laughs> that one he does that very well. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, fair dues. I, like, I quite like the idea that Pat, I mean, Pat obviously likes him, doesn't he? And uh, maybe he's kind of thinking about Joyce, you know, what can we do with him? You know, he's a, you know, something to fill a few holes here and there, you know, develop him a bit. So, you know, and again, big Bristolian. So uh, yeah. we've got a shout out for him, haven't we? The King of Southmead. Yeah. Um, Dan Thomas, 
Again, I thought, great game, but I was very worried for his safety because he took an enormous clattering when that number eight ran through him. And again, I think all of us sat back in our chairs and thought, Oh no! It, it was a signal, actually. When you when you seen him stagger away, it was it was one of those horrible moments. Um, but then it was amazing because he was, you know, a <laughs> minute just, later he, he just stretched his elbow and he stretched his shoulder and off he went. And, yeah. and he's fired into a tackle immediately. Tackle after tackle after tackle after tackle. Yeah. After yeah. After that, after break down. And that Lee is why I let him off with his long hair because you know he's he can he, to be to be honest. He can, whatever, back it he can back it although you could argue that Prothero backs it up by scoring loads of tries but yeah. anyway let's move He's on still around. yeah so any, any other performances that we want to uh, pick out I from just, the game just wanted to mention Thacker I mean another of the, the, the haircuts we talked about but I did notice very early on he did a little grubber kick yes after last week's John Afoa effort All and right. I'm just wondering whether there'd been like any sort of discussion through the week of of like sort of moving you know them, themselves forward a bit, a bit of kind of multiplayer. I, I just wonder. I just wonder whether there was a, uh, you know, maybe a little wager had could, been could, on the table. Could be a wager. Well, I, I, I'm waiting for Jake next. Well, I said wow. I'm going to put a tenner at Ladbrokes on Walmore doing a little grubber kick next weekend. Yeah, I mean, I think Thacker did it in a. It was a no sort of danger situation. You know, I knew you could tell that. You know, it wasn't going to cause a, a counter attack. Yeah. So I have so got my safe, suspicions. Safety grubber. But we'll we'll find out on uh, Saturday, Tony. I think. And uh, just going back to the interviews, um, we heard from a lady called uh, Marion Hawkins, and we recorded her comments about Tiff Eden. Um, and then, lo and behold, we found out it's John Hawkins' mum who was there at the game with uh, uh, um, dad. His, yeah. uh, the dad. And uh, we had a lovely chat, and um, well, let's let's listen to to hear what Marion said uh, about John being at the club. We're at Ashton Gate after the game. Um, with John Hawkins' uh, parents are here. Uh, you must be so proud of him. Yes, we are. We're very proud. And, and lo- lovely to see him on the front of the programme today. Yes, yeah, that was a special moment buying the programmes today with him on the front. So Was it just the one programme? We bought a few. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> we got some in his pocket and a few in my bag. So. We look forward to seeing John play for the Bears this yeah, season. Yeah, uh, we've got everything crossed. Yeah, lovely. So, Thanks ever so much. OK, no problem. So there we are. If you wonder why you couldn't get a programme uh, at the game on Sunday, they were all snaffled by the Hawkins. I, I incidentally managed to get mine early because I bought it at the same time as I bought the shirt. So, Well done. Um, right, before we leave the game, uh, we did have a post-match pint afterwards and uh, we bumped into Ross McMillan. Uh, who of course uh, former Bristol Bears player playing for London Irish uh, and what a nice guy took time out to chat to us all Uh, really lovely fella Uh, I mean he was with Bristol I think it was for three seasons between 2015 and 2018 Uh, made 50 appearances and scored 70 points Um, and what struck me was the fondness of the club Um, you know he has been a bit of a journeyman in his own words Um, but there, there was that real fondness for for the club, uh, and I hope that maybe one day, possibly in a coaching role, he, yeah. he might come back to Bristol. Well, he said, I mean, he said to us that when he ran out, 
you know, it's not a biggest game. It's, it wasn't a Premiership game, but he, when he said when he ran out, I, you know, he, he choked up a bit. He had, yeah. you know, he was it was the memories, and uh, you know, it was. You're right, Tony. It was it, you know, he, he couldn't have been a nicer guy. Um, and and I think you know, as you said, you know, he's got aspirations. I um, mean, he's, he's clearly got that something about him that you know gets him into coaching. I hope in the future. And yeah, who knows? Who knows? He, he, he did might have back. Was, he, he was keen. He did mention that he's actually coaching now. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, doing yeah, coaching. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, well, I think he said he'd been coaching for ten years. Yeah. So obviously, as a professional yeah. player, yeah. he's he's always kept that coaching side of the game. Mm. Um, and you can see him as like being him. a good coach as well. Actually, yeah. he's one of those players mm. that you yeah you could definitely see him doing that, couldn't you? Yeah, and I thought he had a decent game against yeah. us yeah. on uh, on on Sunday, and uh, it was lovely to hear that you know. He was talking about the you know the highlights of his career um, and and mentioned those uh, playoff games against Doncaster mm-hmm. and I think he scored from memory a, a try um, in the away game where we uh, racked up in the playoff final uh, a, a decent uh, score and and played in the final um, against Doncaster back down at the gate so uh, you know they they're, they're very special memories for him yeah. so uh, and for yeah. us yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So we wish Ross all the best. I didn't realise that he's only at Irish um, as Rugby World Cup cover. Mm-hmm. So uh, hopefully, uh, Ross, you've got a few uh, irons in the fire and we'll see you playing, if not in the Premiership, hopefully for, you know, maybe a championship team. Uh, but all the best, fella. It was great speaking to you. So that brings me on now to next week's game on Saturday down at Sandy Park. So it's Exeter away in the Premiership Cup, which is now on BT Sport. I think they've announced that today. So that will be good. Bears fans can watch the whole game. Um, Lee, what kind of team do you think we're going to put out on Saturday are we going to stick with something close to the starting 15 for Bath or do you think it will be a big rotation I think we're definitely going to be getting closer to the starting team for the Bath game now I think this is this is probably what is the last option we've got before the big one and um, be interesting to see whether Luke plays whether Piatau plays uh, you know it would be or Atwood or Atwood, yeah. I mean, we've got the big three waiting in the wings there. And... I mean, you know, it, it does raise the question, though, um, that, you know, we can, can but speculate as fans because there hasn't really been any any kind of news coming out of the club. You know, there's two ways of looking at this. Either, you know, they're injured and we're not going to see them at all, which is obviously something we don't want to hear, or, you know, maybe Pat's got a plan and, you know, he's, he's caged them literally, these bears up, He's keeping them under wraps. He's getting them hungry for that bath game, mm-hmm. and he's going to unleash them on uh, on on the on the bath team. But if that is the case, surely, surely, if they are fit to play, they've they got to see them on Saturday. Shoes. Even yeah. if it's a bench, even if, because I think we've said this in the last pod. You know, the only way you get match fit is by playing matches. Now, you know, the fact that ni- none of them have appeared at all makes me wonder a little bit. Uh, but we'll, you know, I think, you know, we'll, the, we'll, you know, this will be answered when we get the team team sheet on uh, for Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree with you. I think if we see one, two, or three of them either in the first fifteen or on the bench, then I think Bath's a real prospect that they'll play against. I think if they're missing, then actually these injuries, these niggles, 
uh, are too much and the club's doing its best to, to keep it quiet because, you know, there's some pretty powerful players there. Um, couple, well, you could argue three-star players. So let me put this to you then, boys. If you could only have one of them fit for that bath game, which one would you choose? Pete? Well, I'm, I'm going to go for the obvious option and I'm going to say, say Piatau. I mean, he is our he's our star player, twinkle toes. I mean, he's a game changer, um, and you know, I think you've got to have your biggest players playing in the biggest games. So I think uh, it's it'll be a close call between Pierre Charles and uh, Morahan in my view. But I I think I'd I'd like to see uh, Big Charles. Uh, and what do you think, though? I I think Morahan. I mean, I love him as a player. Anyway, he's explosive, uh, and you know, I mean, he he just needs a sniff. To, to get over the try line um, I think uh, with respect to Atwood I think we've got enough cover there anyway it's it second row um, Do you know I, I would have probably gone for Luke Morahan if it was any other team than Bath and I've just got this feeling Atwood could be a really important player you think yeah. he was how many years was he there he kind of knows the organisation. He knows the players there. Is he going to be fired up? Remember, uh, what was it? Uh, Banahan went back with Gloucester to Bath, That's didn't right, he? Yeah. And, and scored that try. Mm. I think anybody else, I would have gone with Morahan or maybe Piatau. But I think Atwood could just add something it's a fair that, point. That, that, yeah. that little bit special. Um, you know... If not, I would have said Morahan because I think maybe that's where we need that extra bit of strength yeah. on the wings. Yeah, I mean, you're right, Tony. I mean, you could argue that the, the form that Prothero's showing, you know, it, you know, is, is he, is he, is well, he, is he cast for, for fullback here? Yeah. I mean, it would be, you know, it's quite hard to, to not pick him. I mean, after that before, and if he plays, you know, has a bit of a game against Exeter or plays a part and shows the same form, I mean, mm. you know. We've, uh, you know, we all saw him on Saturday. He's, he's a, he's a game changer on Sunday. Sorry, he's a, he's a, he can change a game. So, you know, I think, I think it's gonna. I think we'll clearly, um, some of these questions will be answered a little bit when the team is announced for Saturday, and then we can, uh, we can continue with our speculation. Yeah, yeah. Well, normally it's about midday on the Friday, isn't it? Unless they go early. So uh, we'll look out for that and see who's going to play down at Sandy Park. Actually, one thing before before we move on that I did, did just want to talk about, and I noticed it um, at the game on uh, Sunday, which I quite like, is the fact that we've got no TV reviews. Yeah. So the officials on the pitch make yeah. their decision and we crack on yeah. with the game. Yeah. And I know sometimes it can add a bit of a drama um, and the crowd get involved trying to influence the ref one way or another. But call me old-fashioned, I do like the fact the ref, the linesman, make the decision, that's it. We move on with the totally game. I agree. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and, uh, yeah, I quite, I quite like those days. But uh, there we are. We are where we are with uh, the Premiership and the video refereeing. So uh, I don't think anyone would be uh, foolish enough to say it was ever going to go away. Right. Well, as you know, we uh, have been covering the Rugby World Cup, uh, not looking at some of the obvious stuff but uh, looking for the Bristol connections out there in Japan. So, uh, yeah, what, what have we thought of the uh, Rugby World Cup and our, our Bristol connections this week? Well, I watched the Japan-Samoa game. Um, interestingly, it was, it was good because we saw Jack Lamb leading out the, uh, the Civitao. He was playing at number eight. 
Um, obviously, Samoa, huge connections for Bristol. I mean, we've got Jordan Lay was playing, Chris Bowie, Tusi Pizzi, an ex-player, was um, was was he playing or on the, bench? on the bench? Yeah, yeah, he was on the bench. Uh, Alapati Leoa. Did I get that right, boys? Well, Miles hasn't... Oh, gosh, Miles isn't here. <laughs> well, there we are. I mean, the guy had such an impact, we didn't even notice he, he, yeah. he wasn't here this week. Uh, well, I, I hope I didn't let Miles down with the pronunciation there. And also, just to move on, James Lay was on the bench as That's, well. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, the Lay James. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I thought, mean... I thought what was interesting about that game, that two of our... our what you would say are our starting players, uh, Leoa and Voy, um, they're playing out of position. Mm. Yeah. Because I think uh, instead of on the wing, Leoa was outside centre. He was playing yeah. outside centre, yeah. Was, and then Voy was, yeah, was flanker, right. playing flanker. Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's it, far be it from us to uh, to tell the Samoan coach what to do, but I, I've never, I'm never. Never been a fan of playing players out of position. You, you, you've got players, they've got a position, yeah. you play them. And if they're not the best player in that position, yeah. don't play them. And I totally agree. And I also think that it showed as well on the on the mm. pitch, because even though it was a better performance from Samoa, Japan dominated the game. And in, like Pete just said, players playing out of position, you know, it's, it, it just doesn't feel right for the general flow of the team. And I think it showed on the pitch, and obviously the scoreline at the end. I mean, Japan were were, were pretty much running the running the show. Um, and again, <laughs> Joe Joyce played out of position on Sunday, and I said he had a good game. So, but would it be out of position yeah. for him if he yeah. if he remains there? Because I can't remember. Did he start playing as flanker and then went to um, lock? Yeah, uh, he, he 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 might have done. Um, obviously, the England game, uh, another victory, um, possibly again not to the high expectations that lots of fans have. But Mako Vunapola's back, so Genji didn't get a, a look in this time. Although, of course, Mako Vunapola was a, a Bristol, Bristol player, player yeah. and so, I, I can remember watching him up the Mem as a 19 year old bulldozing his way through, and uh, you could see then that uh, he, he was on for big things. So, uh, Good to good to see him back and fit, and that's got to be good for the England squad. Now, Pete, I think you've you found another Bristol connection with the Italy team. Well, I did, Tony, because um, I did a little bit of research, and uh, um, there was a one of the Italian players. Um, um, are you bluffing was, now because the yeah. lock's gone on your phone? <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, I had it. I've got the World Cup app. No, it was uh, it was one of the um, the Italian. I think he started the last match, but he was only on the bench. Is um, this the young lad this from time. Gloucester? Yeah, the young lad from Gloucester and um, uh, Callum Brayley. Oh, um, good. The phone's come on. <laughs> yeah, uh, Callum Brayley. Um, I mean, on his profile, it says Bristol-born Callum Brayley. I don't know where. I don't know whether he actually played in Bristol, but. He is a connection to Italy, and it does take me on to that Italy game. Uh, I don't know if you boys saw that. Um, no, it was, no, it was another know. red card. I mean, did you hear about the red card? Oh no. no, I've seen I've seen it on the team. I mean, it was, this, it this was is the... they ta- they they tip well they spear tackled one of the South Africans after the whistle had gone. Two of the there was a prop and a, a second row. I mean, just literally dropped him on his head. So the ref then had to decide who was the. The more kind of guilty, and the, and the, the the prop got the marching orders. But I mean, you're looking at it thinking, 
they both could have gone. And of course, then Italy were in disarray. And, uh, you know, it kind of highlighted the ups and downs of, of professional sport. You know, last week, our other Bristol connection for Italy, old Jake Pelletri, you know, had a great game, man of the match game. You know, this week, it was all going wrong. And unfortunately for him, um, there was one pretty bad... Um, passage of play towards the end where he kind of went around a man he tried to do a fancy offload and he basically offloaded it straight to the South African on the halfway line who ran in and scored and I you know I felt for him because he, they must have been fuming it just, you know with <clears throat> uh, and he was trying his best but you know the, 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 the pain and the glory professional sport, the glory it? and the yeah. pain but you know he'll come back stronger and I'm sure he's in, he'll enjoy you know it looks like Italy are going to go out again you know underachieving um, but you know, I'm sure he'll have enjoyed his his time out there in Japan and Good come back and yeah. come back a better player. And one thing we know now is that you know our Samoans and Tongans um, will be back on the plane uh, again. You know, I, I I really doubt we'll see them for the Bath game. I I think there needs a bit of rest and uh, adjustment. So whether it's one week or two weeks. Obviously, Pat will have a yeah. plan, and I suppose it depends how others are playing. I mean, if they come straight back in or not, they've got one more game yet, haven't they? So we've yeah. got, we've got ex- yeah. yeah, there's the final round of games. I think is it from Thursday through to to Sunday. So we just pray that they all come play through once. Yeah. Game play in Ireland on Saturday, Samoa. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, fingers yeah. crossed on that one. Yeah, so. and of course Ireland have to go for it. They, mm. you know, yeah. that that is a fascinating group with uh, Scotland and Japan. Uh, so uh, yeah, let's let's touch wood and hope all the boys come back safe from Japan. You're listening to the Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and TuneIn. If you'd like to contact the show with your comments and ideas, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at bearsbeyondthegate at gmail.com or you can get in contact and follow us on Twitter at bearsbeyondgate. So that leads us on to um, Get to My Goat. And I've got to say, I, I was... I was um, at the weekend, uh, there's a friend that uh, works in the broadcasting industry and uh, I was looking for a bit of feedback on uh, the the podcast and do you, know, do you know what I was told? I was no. picked up on the grammar. It's Your grammar? On the grammar. It's, it's my goat, not gets on my oh, goat. Wow. So, that, so then we went through the whole history of the phrase. So uh, for those of you that yeah. don't know, thoroughbred horses, uh, just to settle them down the night before a race, they used to put a goat in the stable with them. Um, and then to get them G'd up, they take the goat away. So gets my goat, removes the goat from the horse, gets fired up. I think this podcast is is starting to, to maybe turn a little bit too intellectual. Um, you got pulled on your grammar. I know, yeah. My Bristolian, fluent Queen's English Bristolian has got away with it. Perfect. <laughs> so anyway, get my goat. Um, and this week, I... Well, I think last week when Miles was here, when he turned up... And, and let's just... Hang on a minute. I'll tell you what gets my goat is when you've got a family calendar yeah. and it's blank... And then your partner says, oh, no, I'm out tonight, which happens to be why Miles isn't here tonight. That's the excuse tonight, is it? That's the excuse. We're now, going, going through the list here, aren't we? Do we buy that, fellas? Well, I mean, I think you have to look at, you know, the bigger picture. I mean, the commitment to the pod. 
I mean, this is not. This is now for us. This is not just something we knock together. This is. A, it's almost like a, a second job now. Too. I mean, it's almost professional. You know, I, yeah, I mean, well, I wouldn't go that far. Well, <laughs> I wouldn't yeah. go that far. But I mean, I, it is pretty poor. I mean, if Miles has always been the one that's told us that if it's not in the diary, then it yes. doesn't exist. I, I know. And then we get a we get a, a WhatsApp message from him. What is it? Twenty minutes before we're due to record this, saying that oh, you know, the missus has got this and she's got to go, and I've got. To go. I mean, to me, he hasn't set the ground rules early enough for this no. project that we're on, and it, I mean, it is calling into question. Yeah, it's quite a lot of things, Tony. I, you know, and I think we have to think about what Miles's contribution is going to be to this podcast. Yeah, um, and whether there's any forfeit that he needs to pay. Well, I think maybe maybe some of the uh, the fans could could let us know what sort of forfeit Miles should do because mm-hmm. you know we're trying to keep the ship together here and steady, and and we seem to be constantly let down. Yeah, well, Downsy, maybe if you're listening, you could get uh, Miles on dance cam, which we know gets it's his go. His. Yeah, and talking about that. Um, I seem to remember seeing someone on the big screen at the halftime break at the rugby. Now, Pete, was that you on the big screen? Well, yes, Tony. I mean, you know, okay. So I was going to say, story. I was going <laughs> to say when you were about what gets to go is is people that are shamelessly promoting themselves <laughs> at professional rugby matches. Uh, you know, pick me, pick me, Downsy, pick me. And then you see them on the big screen and they clearly haven't got a clue about what's going on. I mean, that's what gets my go. But anyway, unfortunately, the same thing happened. I mean, to be fair, it was a total coincidence. We guy came up, 40, which like to say, actually... Um, 4D from the rugby club, a really nice guy as well, does all the music. Um, but uh, anyway, he said, guys, will you be willing to do something at half time? And, and we're looking at each other going, well, hang on, this is an opportunity here. I mean, to- producer Tony is looking at me saying, we've got to do that, we've got to promote the pod here, we've got everything. Anyway, so half time comes up, Downsy comes up. And uh, before I know it, he's saying, are you the guys doing the podcast? I mean, you know, uh, suddenly he gives me like he gives me sort of the platform and that- I'm telling everybody <laughs> that it's made by fans for fans you can get on Twitter and, and it, I mean I couldn't believe it and I, then, I think the trouble was it did throw you off the actual competition I mean it was one of that to be fair though it was one of those ones where they take three players one their hair one their eyes and one their beard and you have to guess who they are. I mean, they did all look you, the same. I did mean, you God. say it was a foe's head? Well, I said it was a foe's... <laughs> no, I said it was a foe's beard. And to be fair to Downsy, you know, I mean, it, a teacher myself, it's always good to give a child another go, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> if you like, you know, because you've got to, like, try and learn. And, and obviously, I then realised it was a foe's eyes. But, I mean... The top. I mean, it, it was a quiff. I mean, it could. I mean, it could have been anyone, to be honest. But I had a bit of a guess, and I went for Atwood because I thought big yeah, signing. I, I got fear. that straight away. <laughs> and then, uh, and then with the beard, I had to have a long think about that. And uh, I was trying to think, is it being? It wasn't. You know, who's got a beard? Anyway, I, I went. I had a punt. And I went for. Uh, I went for uh, for Jake Armstrong and. Lo and behold, I got it. But actually, Tony, it's reminded me of the thing that actually got my goat on on uh, Sunday. Gets um, my goat. Oh, gets my goat. Yeah, get sorry, right. I wasn't listening to that. You know what gets my goat, all right, is other people and their decision-making. We had a Twitter poll during the week about what sort of music 
you want at the game. Now, this is rugby. It was power ballads, 90s or reggae. I mean, clearly, I voted for... I think I voted for 90s. What do we get? Reggae? I mean, the music, reggae. I mean, you know, okay, there was a bit of fun when a try was scored with, like, Jelly Fantastic, you know, that was good. But, I mean, listening to jamming when, uh, you know, when there's a try, you know, you want a pumping soundtrack. And, you know, I I felt that got, that gets my goat, Tony. But other people, because clearly people voted for it. Who are these people? I have to disagree slightly because I saw some of the best dancing... And one of one of that Bristol, hasn't involved Miles. That hasn't involved Miles. And one of Bristol's biggest fans, Jim Humphreys, actually admitted himself that he was up there dancing for England. Well, and it's. I mean, I must admit, I did have a quick look on the uh, on the old supporters Facebook page, and there was quite a lot of support for the reggae. So I, perhaps I'm. I don't know. Maybe I'm uh, too much of a of a child of the of the uh, of the of the power ballad era. Tony, I, I don't know what you think about about music at at, uh, at the gate. Yeah, I'm I'm all in favour of it. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, the power of on the reggae, though. <laughs> I, I t- to be honest, I do like a bit of reggae, a bit of Bob Marley. I was quite happy. It was Premiership Cup. It wasn't a full house. It was quite a chilled atmosphere. I thought it was good. Do you think we'll see reggae again? I I don't think when they're running out against Bath, no. we'll have. Uh, a little bit of reggae so uh, no um, you know music has a role to play it can get people fired up a bit of fun but yeah maybe reggae isn't the beat per minute um, kind of heart pounding music you need to fire up the crowd I'm waiting for the heavy rock option because that bath game that's exactly yeah, what I you mean, want come on. a bit of Slayer yeah. or we're not gonna have something. For, the, for those about to rock, we're yes. silly. Yeah. We're, yeah. <laughs> we're not going to have reggae at the bath game. 26,000 people in there. It's got to be, it, as you rightly say, Lee, it's got to be heavy rock. Well, well let's balladry, something to get the boys going. Well, let's just hope that uh, by the end of that bath game, there's only one song we want to hear, and that's Where Be That Blackbird 2, oh, sung yes. by the boys in the change room. And that's it for this week. Thank you, Pete. Thank you, Lee. And we'll be back again next week with more banter with Bears Beyond the Gate. <laughs> <laughs>